Welcome, my friends, to Shaking the Salt with Dr. Peppers. My bio reads from troubled teen to teacher of the year, 100-pound weight loss, blah, blah, blah. You know the sort of thing you're working on in your before and after life story. So at the end of the message, stay tuned if you want to contact me for any reason, including prayers. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Here we go. So my husband had surgery this week, and with several of the new television programs out, including Dr. Pimple Popper and My Feet Are Killing Me, plus the 600-pound stomach stapling or sleeves or whatever it is they do to these people, we are seeing more on television surgery-wise than our parents and grandparents ever thought would be possible. And some people just can't take it. Some people don't want to see that. My husband's one of those. But for me, it's just interesting to see. So when he had surgery this past week, I wanted to see what it was that he had done. It's called a hydro seal. And as I have said very tactfully, it was in his lower parts. So there was a surgeon that had operated and done this exact surgery, and he had had it filmed and showed what happened. When we saw that, and my husband looked at it too, it was a good thing that we had seen it after the fact instead of before, because, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe what had to be done and how, well, I won't go into detail. Let's just say we saw it live and in living color. So one of the things that in dealing with surgery, it reminded me of my brother's favorite, um, I guess you would say saying or quote or page from Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, compares what we need in our souls just as someone needs physically in their bodies, and that is a surgery of the heart. There's a scripture in Romans that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, to the Jew, the Greek, and in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. For faith that it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Well, this meant nothing to me when I was younger, and I was kind of ashamed because I found myself being more of a closet Christian. I wanted to be a believer, and I wanted everything that God had for me, but I didn't want to tell everybody and look like a dork, and I didn't want to be a holy roller or a Jesus freak. But here's how the gospel is really power. Number one, the power is in the information. We have all of this that we know, and we can even quote some of the scriptures if you're kind of like I am. God's no longer holding our sins against us. No, he offers free forgiveness. We become right or righteous through him. It's not on our own. So I don't have to do anything. I can't do anything. But the results of believing in the gospel even better. He removes your old heart and gives you a new one, a new one that knows how to hear and follow him. And God places his spirit, his power within us, and we become 
a new creature in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come and we are empowered. We are able to help others, bless others. We are able to go about doing good, but it's not to earn anything. It's simply because that's what our heart now longs to do. Does that mean we'll never sin again? No. Does that mean we'll never want to sin again? No. We still have part of that old nature. And sometimes, just like with adding another stint to the heart surgery, you have to get a tune-up, a touch-up, so to speak. But the good news is that we're not obligated to God to be good enough because we can't. As a matter of fact, when he cuts out our diseased heart and we get that new nature, that spiritual transplant, so to speak, it takes a while for it to grow and to be able to work with it. But he gives us this righteousness and a new heart so that we now have grace and we can live by faith. It is so important that we understand the effect of simply believing. God says that's what our work is to do, is to believe, not to do anything, not to help anything, not to be better, not to not sin. It's none of that. It's simply to believe. And that is the beginning. That's where we get the new heart. We don't always have two natures fighting against each other in our minds and in our bodies, but sometimes we do. And there's an old saying that says, if you have two dogs that are fighting, which dog's the one that's going to win? And of course, it's the one that you feed. So whatever we're feeding in our body, whether it's sin or whether it's goodness and faith and belief. Jesus didn't die to open the door to heaven. He didn't die simply for you to say, well, I hope I make it. You hear people say that all the time. If you ask them, do you think you're going to heaven? Oh, I certainly hope so. We don't have to hope so. We can believe so. I didn't understand that before. So if you don't get it, I understand that you don't get it. It's not just knowing that Christ died on the cross. It's knowing and living in the power of that effect. So what happened when all of that took place? Well, he won. That's exactly what happened. The eternal struggle against good and evil, Satan and Jesus, so to speak, was over. And he won. But he died, you say. Yes, he died on the cross for you and for me, that we might win. I'm convinced that if we actually believed in the power of what God can do in and through us by the power of His Holy Spirit, we would make such a difference in this world. We wouldn't even believe our own eyes. I still can't believe what God has done in me, that He took that horrible 20, 22-year-old that was just so negative and angry and conniving and scheming and hating people and wanting to hurt people and make myself feel better. He took that and he did surgery on me. I am so grateful. It was hard. It was a long, probably a six-month deep down surgery where I did a lot of soul searching and crying and reading God's word and praying and seeking people who knew a whole lot more than I did. But unfortunately, my body still remembers what it's like to be dead to sin and also to be enslaved by it. So I still want to eat more than I should. I still want to party sometimes and play sometimes. I even occasionally, after 30 years of not smoking, will say, you know, I sure could use a cigarette. Wait, what? 
Where did that come from? I don't really want one. It's just the old nature rearing up its ugly head. So let me ask you, do you need surgery today? Do you need to cut out some things in your life? Are there people that need to be cut away from you, those that are bringing you down, that are demeaning you, that are hurting you? What about something maybe you have a habit of or an addiction to that just needs to be cut out? It's a good time to do it. My husband had a big cut that needed to be done, and we're so glad that he did because now he's good for the rest of his life. Well, so to speak. But one thing I do know for sure, if you would ask God right now, God, show me what needs to be cut out of my life, what old habits, what old thoughts, what old sins, maybe people that I'm clinging to past relationships that are causing me to give less to you and more to my old evil self. God, remove it, please. Bring those surgical tools down that only you can do and scrape it out, cut it out, and continue to make me into that new creation as I draw closer and closer and closer to being what you would have me to be before you bring me home. That's what I pray for myself, my friend, and that's what I pray for you. Maybe it is time for a little surgery. God bless you, and thank you for being with me here today. I'm Dr. Pepper, shaking the salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks and God bless.